is worthy. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. A wonderful day that the Lord has made. Amen. And we're so glad to be together again. So good to be with the saints of God. And we thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. Well, we have a few things we need to pray about tonight. Um, we have a couple people that are out sick, and we need to make sure we keep them in our prayer. And we want God to have his way in our service tonight. Will you stand with me? Amen. It's good to see everyone. Hallelujah. I want you to help me to pray for Brother Josh. Um, we haven't seen Brother Josh in a while. And um, is, um, he's been relocated. We're hoping that it, we can get him up uh, back this way. Um, but he's been relocated. And at the same time, he's um, struggling with blood clots in his leg. And so we have to pray for God's healing touch upon him. And that, you know, the blood clots will dissolve and the blood flow will be, you know, will flow in his body correctly and that he will be healthy. So pray for Brother Josh about that. Pray for Brother Bob. If you know Brother Bob, been in a nursing home for a while. He's battling sickness. And we need to continue to pray for Brother Bob. Um, I got a call from Sister Jessica last night and she's not feeling too good. She's not um, breathing the like she the way she would like to. Um, she said it's not Corona, but it's <laughs> I don't know why these days we got to uh, clarify. I got to slip it in. It's not Corona. I didn't ask her if it was Corona. I said I didn't ask you if it was Corona. <laughs> Amen. But pray for um, those individuals that God will touch them and that God will heal them. We need for God's will to be done. Amen. And if there's anyone else with um, prayer requests from sickness, just show your hand. The Lord knows. Brother Kellerman has his hand up. Mama Thomas, Sister Sylvia, Sister Joan, Sister Sharon, Mama Allen. Hands are all up. And um, Mama Pearl, they want um, healing um, to flow. And we want God to have his way and we want God to have his way in our Bible study tonight, amen, and to continue to guide us in the way that we must go. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're so grateful to be gathered together one more time. We give you the praise and the honor, Lord, for it's you while we're here tonight, Lord God. We would not have been here tonight if it wasn't for your goodness. If it wasn't for your mercy, your kindness, your grace, Lord God, it's because you chose us, Lord God, and you led us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. It's because you washed us and cleansed us from our sins, Lord God. It's because you gave us, oh God, a new mind, Lord God, and a clean heart, Lord God. It's because you revealed yourself to us, Lord God that we chose to be here tonight, Lord God. But we're only here because of your grace. We're only here because of your mercy, your goodness, and your kindness. We're only here because of you, almighty God. Father, we pray that tonight you will guide this 
Bible study, Lord God, and give us understanding and direction. Help us to not just be hearers of your word, but be hearers and and doers of the word of God. Will you give us understanding and clarity? Will you allow us to receive the word of God? And we want faith, oh God, to operate in our heart as we're hearing what the Spirit is saying unto us. Lord, I pray that you will help us, that you will touch us, Lord God. Oh, God, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will have preeminence in this house, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that our minds will be stayed on you. Our focus will be on you. And, oh, God, that we will lift our hearts and our hands in adoration and appreciation and in worship to you, oh, great God. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Lord, I pray tonight you will touch Josh, Lord God. Lord, let your healing virtue flow in his body, Lord God. Remove the blood clots in his leg, almighty God, and let the power of God heal him and make him whole, Lord God. I pray tonight for Brother Bob, Lord Jesus, that from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, the healing virtue of the Lord will flow in his body, Lord God. I pray for Sister Jackson tonight, Lord God, that you will touch her, Lord God, touch her body, Lord God, and strengthen her and make her whole. Oh, God, we pray in the name of Jesus for every uplifted hand tonight that you will, oh, God, enter into that equation, that situation, and let your will be done. If it's healing, let it be so, Lord God. If it's deliverance, let it be so, Lord God. If it's salvation, let it be so, Lord. Have your way in this service tonight, Lord. We look to you, O great God, giving you the praise, giving you the honor, for there is none like you. Oh, Jesus, we thank you tonight, Lord. We love you, O great God. We bless your name, almighty God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, O great God. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one which is, which was, and which is to come. You are the only wise God. You are the only true and living God. It is you that sit on the throne, Lord God, for heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. There is only one God and it's only you, O God. It is you that reign, O God. And we adore you. We worship you. We thank you tonight, Lord God, for all you're doing in our life, in this church, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name, O great God. We thank you tonight, O great God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's thank the Lord tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, 
We thank the Lord for what he's doing in this church, for all the people that he has chosen to minister to us and to help us to grow in Christ, to help us to fulfill his purpose and his mission, to help us to be who we are. We thank God for all of you that make up the body, which is this local assembly. We appreciate all that you do in this church, and we thank God for you. Amen. We are so grateful God brought us together. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking about the book of Acts. When I introduced this to you about a month ago, we started talking about some things in the book of Acts, some things that we need to look into, and we're going to continue our study in the book of Acts. We're going to look to the Lord to guide us tonight, and we will continue some of the things that you may hear tonight. Um, we might be re just repeating some of it just to refresh your mind. <laughs> Challenge yourself. I, I, I like to tease every once in a while, and I say, uh, sometimes we go to a church service, and we say, man, that service was good. And when someone asks, well, what was preached? You can't explain it. That's not good. That's not good. That's not, I'm not telling you when God touched you and, you, you know, God has touched me and, you know, I know something miraculous happened to me. Uh, that, that is great, and we want that. But we also want to make sure we, we, we take in the word of God. We also want to make sure we hide the word of God in our hearts so we can explain and teach and live out the word of God. So it's important that when we come together, we take in. And sometimes God will give you a thought that adds to what you are hearing or take you in a direction that he wants to take you from where you are right now just because of the words that are being spoken. So let's get into the word. Let's look at some of the things that we have talked about and we'll get in some more of it that we have not yet talked about that we will look into. I feel like tonight, I want you to keep this in your mind as we go through the scripture. Almost feel like God gave me a title even though we're studying the book of Acts. And so I want you to keep in mind this thought. Don't overlook the obvious. Keep that in your mind. That's the thought that he dropped in my mind as I'm, you know, going through the scriptures and reading and studying and going back and forth. Don't overlook the obvious. And I feel like um, one of the reasons why he dropped it in my spirit is because we often, including myself, often pray and we want to know, Lord, what is your will? Lord, what should we do? And I feel like what God is trying to get us to understand why he dropped that thought in my mind as to not overlook the obvious. I think a lot of what he wants us to do is ever present, but we're not paying attention. And so I want you to keep that thought in your heart of heart. And I believe God is going to help you understand some things about just that thought. Don't overlook the obvious. Because sometimes we're going to look for something new. We're going to look out and say, well, it, we're searching for answers and thinking that there's something that we're just not getting. And I feel like God is saying, don't overlook the obvious. 
there are things that God is calling us to do, things that God wants us to get involved in, things that God wants us to engage. But because we're looking for something grand, because we're looking for something that we think we're not seeing and we're looking beyond the obvious, I believe we might be missing out on some things that God wants to do. See, how God works, you know, uh, a lot of times that we don't realize. Um, there is this conference that um, we're, we signed up to be a part of called the Motion Conference. Um, the First Church of Pearland, Texas does this conference every year. And they, it's a great conference if you want to really learn how to, you know, do church in the 21st century. If you if you want your church to be uh, ahead of the curve, you want your church to be a church that 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 can reach all people. Uh, the the church, the first church in, in Pearland, Texas, do a very good job with that. Um, but the thing that I wanted to bring to your attention that uh, they talk about a lot is they don't set out a lot of times saying. Well, let's start doing this and let's start doing that. And I'm a firm believer in what I'm getting ready to say to you, and that's why I'm bringing it, bringing it to your attention. A lot of times we end up doing the will of God by accident. We start doing something that we think is insignificant. We start doing something that don't seem to be anything, but you know what? Might as well go ahead and do it. And we start doing those things. And before you know it, God's starting to kind of peel back layers. And you start to realize, oh, there's more to this. Oh, we can take this into this direction. Oh, we can really do something here. But it started with something that we kind of overlooked, something that we didn't think much of. And we start thinking, ah, not a big deal. And a lot of times God's will is found in things that we don't think is a big deal. Because we don't, we are always ready to look for the big thing. You know, there's a scripture, I think it's in um, Luke, I don't know if it's chapter 19, verse 17, when it talks about the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, with this grandiose, look at this and look at that. But the kingdom of God is within you, so God has really shown us that he does things from a small, insignificant way that we tend to overlook a lot of times. And I believe that God is trying to get us to not overlook whether it's the small things or what we might believe to be insignificant because it's bigger or it can become bigger than what you thought it could be or it could become more significant or significant, which we never thought it would be. And so I think it's very important that we keep that in mind as we go through our scripture tonight and try to figure out what God is saying unto us. I believe God will speak to you all individually. The word is so powerful that we can be studying this text here in Acts chapter 3, but as we're studying it and we're going through it, God is speaking to you not just about this only, but about some other things that he was trying to get your attention on and, and, and trying to get you to go in a certain direction. And I believe that if you will listen tonight, you will probably discover that. In Acts chapter 3, verse number 1, familiar passage of scripture, the Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. 
being the ninth hour. It is said that the apostles were continually in the temple praying, praising, and worshiping God. From Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it is clear that all the disciples were accustomed to daily devotion in the temple. Mm -hmm. I talked about this the last time I, I, I brought this topic to your attention about the book of Acts. The question that I posed to you was, why do we come to the house of the Lord? Why do we come to the house of the Lord? And you might not remember, but I'll refresh your, your remembrance. We come to the house of the Lord to be instructed together by the word of God. We come to, to the house of God to be instructed together by the word of God. And why is that important? Because God is working through us as one body, one church, but as one people that's made up of many. And when we are receiving the word of God together at one time in one place, it is significant how we move forward in doing the will of God. Because as much as we might fit in and in, in, in having different talents that's flowing through us and doing different things, we're still supposed to be doing the same thing. We're doing different things, but we're doing the same thing. And it, it makes a difference when we're hearing this together as opposed to, you know, somebody say, so what did pastor talk about tonight? And somebody got to explain it to you. Makes a difference. What do they say? We can try this one day. One day maybe at our Christmas banquet we can try this. We'll get someone to... Uh, you know, at a, at a table, we'll get a table to come up with a with a with a with a, a phrase or a statement, and and tell it to five more tables and see when it's all said and done, what the statement is. <laughs> all right. By the time it gets to the last table, we're gonna say, "What did that? What what did table number one say?" And the message will not be the same. It's important that we come together in the house of God and hear the word of God together. It makes a difference. The other reason why we come to the house of the Lord is so we can minister to one another. We're not just here for the preacher to minister to us, but we're here to minister one to another. We ought to lay hands on one another, pray for one another. We ought to, you know, ladies hug ladies and men hug men and encourage one another. We're here to minister to one another. When we come to church, there are things that are happening within the body that it takes all of us to do our part to make this thing go so all can be benefited on it. Somebody had to come and turn on the light. Somebody had to come and set up the equipment. Somebody had to come and make sure things are prepared for us to be here. That's ministering to each other because someone came and got the place ready so others can come and benefit from it. So when we come together, we come together to minister to one another. Also, as the word of God is being preached, you know, we ought to encourage one another. Preach it, preacher. So we come to minister to one another when we are together. So that's another reason why it's significant that we come to the house of God. Then the other reason is to collectively carry out the purpose 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the effort that we go forth with to be witnesses, to carry out and do the work of God, it's important that we hear the word together so we go out and do the work of God together. Here is a thought. If we're hearing the word of God together and we go forward to do the work of God together, we can easily tell when one of us go off course. Because we all know what we're hearing. So we're all hearing the same thing and we're all trying to do different things, but the same thing. And we see, you know, a couple of people starting to do something that's just kind of totally off base about what we all have been discussing and what God is doing. And we're like, what's going on there? But when we're together and we're hearing the word of God together, we're supposed to go forward and do the work of God together in one accord. So it's important that we understand why we come together. Those are just three reasons. There are so many reasons why we come to the house of God. But those are three reasons. And we saw that when we went through the scripture as we were reading in Acts chapter two, uh, when you start hitting verse 42 through 46. Let's continue to read Acts chapter three, verse two now. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried or a certain man uh, lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple Ask an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, or Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. There's a lot that's going on. And one of the things that I wanted to bring to your attention, it says, Guy was at the temple gate. Peter and John was going in. And I don't know if you ever watched somebody beg, but I watched. And when somebody's begging, in order for you to feel like you're going to be successful in receiving when, so, when you're begging, you need to lock eyes with that person. So it's a lot of people that's going by you when you're by the roadside begging. And so now the question is, how do you get someone to give to you? And the way it usually works is you're trying to get their attention. You're trying to get them to focus on you because maybe if they focus on you, you can get them to give to you because you focused on them. And so this lame man focused on Peter and John and they looked back on him. Now think about that. Sometimes we see people homeless, don't have something. And they're looking at us, and what do we do? We don't want to look at them. Did you ever stop to ask yourself, why don't I want to look at that person? Because if we look, we're going to be compelled to feel like we need to do something. Don't overlook the obvious. And sometimes we want to see God move. 
And we don't understand sometimes where God can start moving that will boost our confidence in who we are in Christ. That will boost our confidence to know God can do what he says he will do. It will grow our faith. But because we decide, looking the other way, I don't want to think about that. I don't even want to. We go about our ways and we've never allowed God to work. This could be a homeless man, but I'm just thinking about in general. When we think people are are reaching out to us because here they go again, we tend to try to avoid them. And when you're living for God, you ought to be so bold and confident in God that you don't have to worry about avoiding an individual that's saying what they want and what they don't want. Because God will take care of it if you put your trust in him. Here is something that's very important. Whether someone is very, whether someone is homeless, whether they're broke, poor, and they need money, whatever it is, they're on drugs and they're begging because they want money for whatever it is. Listen to me carefully. Whatever it is that they're asking you for, even if you give it to them, it still don't change their position. Y'all kind of work that one out too. So they're asking you for something because in their mind, That's going to help them. Well, that's a temporary help. The situation that they're in, whether they're crippled, the situation that they're in, whether they're bound by drugs, the situation that they're in, whether they're lame and they can't move, the situation that they're in, whether they're homeless, your little few dollars that you will give them don't change their life. It might give them temporary relief, but that's not how God works. So when we're godly people and people have need, we ought to realize that what we can do is greater than temporary relief. And we have to stop and say, God, how do you want to help this person? Because if God steps in, it will not be a temporary situation anymore. It will not just be, okay, you can get something to eat right now. Or, okay, we'll get you somewhere to sleep just for the night. Or, okay, you know, we'll, 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 we'll try to help you so you don't get on drugs tonight. That's not what God is trying to do. God is a God that renovates people's life. God is a God that totally changed, transformed people. He's not there to just give us temporary relief. He's there to transform our life and to make us who he designed and created us to be. But we will never know and get to experience these things because everything becomes... I don't know, a nuisance. Everything gets in our way if it's not going according or it's not in flow with what we're trying to do. If, if, if whatever is happening around us is almost like an interference or interruption of how we want to live our life, we do everything we can to avoid it or do everything we can to ignore it or not even do anything about it. Because in our mind, that's interfering with what I'm trying to do. And I just want to bring to your attention that God wants us to slow down, pay attention to everything, and don't overlook the obvious. Am I telling you that sometimes you might want to, you know, linger and God might say, not today, don't, no, just keep moving because he might have something down the road. I, I, I'm telling you that could be the case. But if we don't slow down sometimes, we will never get to hear the voice of God directing us in the way God wants us to go. If we're always just locked into what we want to do and what we think is important, we can't hear the voice of 
God. And even when we hear the voice of God, we probably tell ourselves, well, I don't know if that's what God want me to do. And we reason our way out of it. This man boosts Peter's confidence in God. Just think about this is in the book of Acts chapter 3. And if you start reading in Acts and start seeing what God started doing through Peter, you know Peter's confidence, his, his faith increased, his confidence in God increased because of this experience right here. He, he got into this and realized what God has done, and boom, it's like, wow. When you get to experience the miraculous in God, you become bold. When you get to experience the miraculous in God, you now become confident that God can do. And when you go to pray for somebody or when you go to be there for somebody, you feel pretty confident about what God will do because you've experienced God doing before in the past. I feel pretty confident that when I lay hands on people, they're going to be healed. But why do I feel pretty confident about that? Because I've seen it. I've seen God done that miraculously already. I've seen him done it many a times miraculous. So I'm confident about that. I'm confident that if someone is sick and they come and I pray, they're going to be healed. But that doesn't happen because it just happened. It happens because God had shown that to me already. And that goes for all of us that are living for Christ. Whatever we engaged and God is in it, and God does something great in it, it changes our outlook. It changes how we go about things. It changes how confident we are about things. And it changes how we look to God, how we worship him, how we serve him, because we know that he's working when we experience these things. They told him silver and gold by none. When, they fastened, when he fastened his eye on them and they looked at him, they said, silver and gold have I none. And this man was expecting for something to be done. And then Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can I tell you this? When you are beginning to pray for God to work in a situation, it's important that you you, you declare the name and you speak the word. When you're praying for God to work and move in somebody's life or in a situation, it's important that you declare the name and you speak the word. Because that's what's making the difference. Not me, not you, not anything else. How the difference is made. How the miracle is manifested, how things get done by the king of kings is when we declare the word of God and we speak the name of Jesus over that situation. That's when we can experience and, ex and expect changes because it's power in the name of Jesus. The word is the authority and demons have to respond Everybody has to deal with the word. I don't care who you are. The word of God will always be true. It will always accomplish. When it says, my word will not go out and return unto me void. 
it will accomplish whatever God wanted to accomplish. So when you speak the word of God and you declare it and, and you just begin to speak the name of Jesus, we can expect miraculous things to happen because it's the name and the word that works. It's not us. It's not because we are some spiritual guru. It's about the name and it's about the word. It says here in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs, I, I bring this up before the Lord all the time. Church, we got to bring this up to the Lord. This is his word. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Here we go. In my name, right? We don't speak elegant words that, that we can't barely pronounce and it doesn't have the name invoked in it. In my name shall they cast out devils, not in anybody else's name. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. This is the word of God, isn't it? And so we can expect that when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. We can expect that when we begin uh, to speak the name of Jesus Christ, uh, something is about to happen. And this is what we must do. The apostles went out and did it. And that's why they experienced and, and, and saw the miracle and the power of God. I got to tell you, church, we got to sometimes get out of our feelings. We got to get out of our, 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 our knowledge and, and all of that stuff and just say, what does the word says? What is the name of Jesus all about? And when we will speak the name and speak the word, we will begin to see the power of God manifest in our homes, in our life, in our church, in all of our situation. The name must be declared the word must be spoken and we will see the work of God manifest. We will see it. We cannot become so sophisticated and so conservative. I know that's probably why the old timers saw the miracles that they did because they wasn't as sophisticated as us. They, they, they wasn't as intellectual as us. And so they just kept it just, just, just the way it's supposed to be. It was simple. And they just spoke the word of God. They just declared the name. They kept it simple. And because they kept it simple, they saw wonders. They saw signs. When Billy Cole showed up at some kind of crusade over in Asia, he didn't come with some hardcore preaching. There's people that could have preached Billy Cole under the table. Because if you ask to us, ask really good preachers, they'll tell you Billy Cole couldn't preach. But the bottom line is, Billy Cole, for what he did, he declared the name of Jesus. Jesus, he spoke the word, and he has seen more people filled with the Holy Ghost than Apostle Paul. More people were baptized with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with that man leading the crusade than what the Apostle Paul saw. But he couldn't preach a lick, if you want to ask anybody about that. Because when he show up, he just spoke about the miracles that God had done. And as a matter of fact, it's so crazy. They said when Billy Cole first started out, most of the people that were being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, they were sitting down. He would show up and says, have a seat. 
because their their custom was different. So he had to find, figure out a way how to still help them and, and still fit in with their customs. And so they sat down, and as they sat, he just laid hands, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. There was no fancy preaching. There was no preaching coming from Jeff Arnold. There was no preaching coming from Raymond Woodward. No, this was Billy Cole just saying, According to the authority of the word of God, in the name of Jesus, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. And millions start speaking in tongues. The word of God in the name of Jesus. And we're reading it right here that when the apostles show up, they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And so we have to begin to invoke the name and speak the word if we want to see the move of God and not be so sophisticated and not be so smart and intelligent that we miss it. Yeah, we can have all kind of good intellectual discussion of the word, but are we speaking the name? Are we declaring the word of God? Because that's the only way we will see signs and wonders and demonstration. I'll rather just be simple and not be so smart and see God work than be so smart and give you this really nice, you know, pretty sermon and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. They told him. Rise up and walk. And we read all over the scripture, even in where I just read for you in Mark, in in chapter 16 and verse 20, it says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So what they were taught, they did it and it confirmed what they were taught. You got that? What they were taught, they went and did it. And saw the results. So what they were taught, they went and did it. And what they were taught produced the results that they were told it would produce. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Verse 7 says, then he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God church sometimes we just need to speak the word and the name and when God does stuff that's when people will show up and say I want to see what's going on you remember the, the little crooked um, dude there Simon Simon, he showed up. Remember, the scripture told us Simon was a um, witchcraft dude. He, 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 was, he was bewitching the people, the scripture says. And, and they thought he was some great one because he was doing what he did deceptively. And then when the real deal showed up, he knew it was the real deal. And he followed them. A witchcraft dude, a bewitcher person, whatever you want to call him, followed the apostles because he knew that was the real deal. When we have the real deal, people will come where we are. When we have the real deal, they will show up and say, I want to be around them because wherever they are, there's something that's happening. And we need to make sure we have the real deal. And how do we have the real deal? We speak the name and we speak the word. That's how we show that we have the real deal. 
we speak the word and we speak his name. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. The miracle at the gate of beautiful reveal what the Lord Jesus can do physically. But if you will look at it carefully, it's also what God can do spiritually. And so just like that man, you know, sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on the miraculous in the physical. And that's great. God will do it. As I said, you declare the name and the word and God will do the miraculous in the, in the physical. But God is always up to something. And what we see, it's way more than what we're looking at. And so God is letting us know that just like I healed that man, I still do great things spiritually. And that, that, that man that was lame, if you compare in parallel the physical and the, and, and the spiritual, you will see that someone that's getting saved have to go through that same process. What do you mean by that, preacher? The man that was at the gate of beautiful had to want something. <laughs> he wasn't just there, just like, let's see what happens. Church, I cannot say this enough. When we come together, we have to want something. We have to want something. When we read our Bibles, the reason why we're reading about the demonstration of the power of God is because the people who had the experience, they wanted something. The woman with the issue of blood, she wanted something. Everybody that we can think of that the miraculous was done in their life, they had to want something. Blind Bartimaeus says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He could not see, but he heard. He wanted something. And today, it's still the same. When we show up in the house of God, we've got to become desperate. We've got to say we want something from the Lord. We need a spiritual touch. We need to hear the voice for ourselves. We need to be healed. We need to be delivered. We need to be set free. We ought to come in and say, I want something. And that's something sometimes must cause you to stand in the house of God and just worship. The preacher can be preaching, but you got so desperate that you're just standing like nobody else is in the room. But you just know, I need something. And I know in order for me to have something, I must say that I want something. I must demonstrate that I want something. We want stuff from God, but we just sit back cool and want God to deliver it to us. I knew I needed the Holy Ghost when I got baptized in Jesus' name, but I sat back cool for a long time. And it took me about eight months to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost after I got baptized in Jesus' name because I knew I wanted the Holy Ghost, but I was too cool to seek the Holy Ghost. 
we got to say, God, what I want, I will make it known. Not just sit back, oh, God, well, you know what I need. No, no. That's not how the word of God teaches us. We don't read people sitting in, in the back or sitting wherever they sit or just sitting in the temple and just saying, well, God, you know what I need. We don't read that. We don't read that. We read that when people wanted something from God, they did not care what people thought about them. They did not care how they look. They didn't care how they were addressed. They just went and pursued what they wanted from God. And as a church, we must go and pursue what we want from God. We got to get to the place where we don't care what no one says. We got to get to the place where we get so desperate to say, God, I I want to walk with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to feel your touch. I want to experience your power. We got to get to that place. We got to, I was listening to Jeff Arnold's testimony not long ago. And what he said was, he said, how they was asking him, how did he come into the truth and how did he get saved? Then he talked about all of when he went to all these different denominations and all the different kind of churches. And he just knew this can't be it. Some place he went, they told him, if you sign this card, you're saved. Some place he went, they said, if you just believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. And he went to all these places. And he says, that ain't it. He had talked about when his wife, listen to this, sister Asker, when his wife was 12 years old, she was in Sunday school. And she was taught in Sunday school very well. But she never really stayed in church because her parents wasn't really in church. But she learned in Sunday school and she was with him. They were married, but, you know, they weren't living for God. You know, he doing his thing. She doing her thing. But she was ready to leave. And one morning, God moved him, woke him up three mornings in a row. God didn't speak to him until the third morning. And the third morning, God said to him, your life is going to be short lived if you don't get it together. But it wasn't just what he heard, it's what, it, it's what he felt. And that just kind of hung there. So he told his wife, we got to go to church. And they went to all these churches. But the wife was taught in Sunday school probably 10 years before that. And when she went to all of those different denominations, she got livid one night and says, you all are false. That's false. What you're saying is false. You've got to speak in tongues. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And, and he's looking like, how does she know all of this? You ready for this one? Just a little note. You ready for this side note? Jeff Arnold went to college, was smart, finished high school. No, I think he finished. And so he's looking at her like, how do you know about all this stuff? So they left that church that was telling them, just sign the card and you save it. And, and she, said, she said to her husband, we have to go to a UPCI apostolic church. And they went in the yellow pages. I don't know if y'all know some of y'all. You don't, you don't know what the yellow page is. And so they went to the yellow page and found a United Pentecostal church. And sure enough, they went. And Jeff Arnold says, here is how he knew it was legit. That same feeling he got when he was walking up three times, the same feeling. As soon as he walked in, he says, we're not going nowhere, honey. This is where we're going to stay. Because the same feeling that woke him up those mornings was the same feeling he was feeling in that church. So that familiar spirit came back. You're like, that's where I belong. And surely he was baptized in Jesus' name. God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And today, Jeff Arnold is Jeff Arnold. 
Now, what's important about all of what I just told you is he always talk about hearing the voice of God and, and allowing the spirit of God to work in your life because it makes the big difference. He knows that's what helped him. That's what caused him to be saved. His, his way of getting saved probably be different from yours. But the spirit and the word and the name is very essential to how we live for God, to what God can do through us. The spirit, the word, and the name. And if we live our life according to the spirit and the word and the name, we will begin to see a move of God like we've never seen. Church, if you don't see a move of God in your life, you're going to compromise. People walk away from God, they lessen their standards, and they live a kind of wishy-washy way with God because they're not, they're not experiencing the power of God. If I go across the scripture tonight, I will show it to you. Somehow, and there's scholars that probably can break this down, somehow holiness is tied to God's power working. Somehow, and it's in your heart, and you're believing it, then something is different. But when you just say the name just to say it, it doesn't work just quite the same way because we can't fool God. We can't fool God. And so what happens is when we start to compromise our holiness, we don't see the power of God anymore. And when we don't see the power of God, we start saying, well, this is not necessary and that's not necessary. And why even do that? But you know why we started saying that? Because we weren't seeing the power of God. You know why we weren't seeing the power of God? Because we were compromising who we are as a people that are supposed to be holy, holy, holy. We cannot circumvent that holy, holy, holy thing. God says, be ye holy as I am holy. We cannot circumvent. We cannot get around that. We must be holy in every situation, in every way. We cannot circumvent that. And we're trying our best because the power of God is not working. We're starting to think, well... What's wrong with this? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, 